Hi, everyone. Before we wrapped up for the year, I caught up with Olivia White from House of White. We debriefed all about her experience with the tween years, so having children between the age of 8 and 12 years old, and we delved into the new challenges that we're faced with as parents with bringing up children in this day and age, you know, with technology, social media, endless information available at our fingertips. So let's dive into the episode. I think with the person I was, you know, before I had kids, just after I had kids and, and all through this journey, like there's so many different versions of myself. And I, you know, have been very open about the fact that I had, you know, cosmetic surgery and, you know, any say like cosmetic procedures that I, I have. Um, I have shown my body at all different stages of, you know, my journey. Welcome to Parenthood, where each week we explore the lives of Aussie mums and dads and what's really going on behind closed doors. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, mum of two, business owner and relationship coach. Let's begin. Welcome to the show. Liv, welcome to the pod. Hello, how are you? Good. I was, I was just saying to you earlier, I feel like I know you, girl. I've been a bit of a stalker on your Insta for some time now and absolutely love all the content that you put out. So thank you for resonating with so many of us. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so to those listening, uh, I have Olivia White here from House of White. She's a social media personality, a content creator, a self-proclaimed fun mum, travel addict, and passionate public speaker. And today we are talking all things between years because you have two beautiful daughters, Liv. Tell us how old they are. Yeah, so Teddy is seven and Annabelle is nine, turning 10 in just a few weeks. Okay, and are they growing up so much faster than we ever did? Oh, you know what? It's so crazy because I know we've just had like so much happen since our childhood, you know, Mm. the internet, social media, but it really does and nothing can really prepare you for it and just yeah I, I feel like definitely they are growing up so much quicker because they're so they're exposed to so much more than we ever were I mean what did we had we, we had like the channel nine news and you know home and away like, you know, like well you know <laughs> absolutely like the world is so much more connected now and yeah. I think it's, it's both a positive um but sometimes a negative but also I just think it even I think about when I was younger and, you know, mum would send me out until the streetlights come on and we'd play yeah. with the kids in the street and we'd ride around. Kids just don't really do that anymore. And I think maybe that influx of information that we got has made us maybe a bit more cautious or like maybe afraid of the world a little bit in how mm. I parent, I think also kind of impacts that. So, yeah. yeah, I think it definitely changes how kids are growing up these days. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I want to actually start with the puberty box. So, yeah. you obvi- at, at your you, – pr- gosh, here I'm stumbling on my words already. You, you, <laughs> gave, you gave your nine-year-old daughter a puberty box. Talk us through what was in it. Why the hell did you do that? I think it's brilliant, but I want to hear, yeah, how did that all come about? Yeah. So, look, um, there were definitely a lot of signs there um, that she was, you know, entering into puberty, whether that be, you know, hair or body odour and just all of those general things. And I, you know, being a woman and being a mother, I thought, oh, you know, of course I'll be ready for this stage. But I was just feeling completely unprepared and, you know, um, kind of questioning okay like how can I support her through this and what can I do and so um actually it was another mum who'd gone through something similar her girls are a little bit older than mine 
Um, she put some stuff together when her daughter did get her period. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put a bunch of stuff together so that it's there so that we're being proactive rather than reactive. We can talk about what the items are. We can talk about, you know, whether she wants to use them or not, you know, because that is her choice. Um, and I'm really, really glad that I did because, you know, we kind of got to that, um, need for them a lot sooner than I would have thought. Um, it's very, very young, but you know, unfortunately we have no choice. She's going through these things mm-hmm. and yeah, I put some resources in there, some books. Of, um, I know there's been a lot of controversy around, uh, Yumi Steins and Melissa King's books, but I think they are fabulous, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we don't get to pick and choose when we want to do this with our kids because biology is going to make that decision for us. So, and, you know, it is getting younger and younger, I believe, um, you know, talking to our family, GP, um, Annabelle is on the younger side, but they're seeing it more and more. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I was supporting her as best as I possibly could. And I'm really glad that I did. I think it really helped her and I think it really helped us. So, yeah. What are some of the key items that you put in the box? Yeah. So, um, I put, uh, like speaking about periods, mm. I put all different forms in there, um, whether she was going to use them or not. I just wanted her to kind of know what they were, understand how they worked, make decisions for herself, what mm. she thought was best for her. So we had pads, we had tampons, we had, uh, period undies, which, I think any parent of daughters out there, like it's just so amazing. We have Mm. all of these new options that make life easier. Mm. Um, She's a swimmer, so I got her period swimmers. Um, I even got a cup just so that I could show her Mm. as she gets older what her options are available to her to help manage it. I also got, uh, like I said, the book resources. I got her um, a razor if she wanted to use that totally up to her not trying to force her to make any decisions of what she wants to do uh some deodorant um and then just some other i guess more like comfort goodies that Mm. you know we all you know like a heat pack Mm. uh some chocolate you know um a lot of people said to me when i shared it oh like don't forget nurofen obviously we have that but she is only nine and a half and that's something that i still feel that we need to uh help regulate the distribution of yeah um but of course, you know, it's, it's available to her and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just some little crop tops and all these things to open up the conversations. How, um, did, how was it received initially by her? It was cute. You know, yeah. I sort of sat her down and I said, I've made this for you. And yeah, thankfully in schools, I think they talk about these things much more openly and a lot earlier. So it wasn't all a huge shock to her. Mm. Um, and she was sort of just like, thank you. And we went through the items and you know, a few giggles and cause you know, it's, um, but as time has gone on, I have noticed her reading the books. I have no, you know, she will ask me questions and she's so young still. Like, you know, sometimes I do think it's so unfair, like to have to go through this stuff so young cause they don't understand so much, but, um, she's been really good. And she, you know, um, and we've been, managing it really well together I think and yeah by doing that and giving that to her I think it really opened up her comfort and confidence in talking to me about stuff too so that was the main thing and I'm really grateful for that what were the books um again just a bit of context for our listeners yeah so um the first one I got her which was actually before I made the book was Kaz Cook she has a a tween 8 to 12 book highly recommend 
The other were the trio of, um, so it's Yui Steins and Melissa King. They have one dedicated to period, one dedicated to consent, which I think is fantastic, mm. and boobs. And then, of course, they've recently released their um, sex version, which I do have, and I will give that to her when I feel it's appropriate. But yeah. um, both authors and the books that they um, have written for mm. tweens, mm. I have found are really well received by her. Mm, I think it's amazing. It says so much um, to you as a parent as well that you would sort of take the time to prioritise, okay, my child's going through this phase of, of their life or at least this phase is coming up. How can I yeah. best support her? I think that's just yeah. amazing. And it's great that you're able to share that too because it enables so many other parents out there to go, okay, these are things I can be thinking about. I'm curious, you know, looking at your girls growing up in this day and age, so as I said, so different to what we experienced, how are yep. you finding them? Because I know, for example, when I was a teenager, if I missed a party or if I missed something fun, like I already felt bad in myself that I wasn't able to attend, let alone seeing all these photos on bloody Instagram and all that of the party. And so I can be extra jealous of all the shit that I'm missing out on. So I'm just curious, like, how do you navigate that with your girls? It's not an easy world, right? Not at all. And like I'm in my mid thirties and I still am navigating it all. Mm, I'm obviously yeah. in a position because my job is is online mm. and I, I actually, you know, make a living and an income from it. So perhaps, you know, for me it is a little bit different. Um, because my kids have grown up around it. They're mm. so aware of it and because they see, you know, mum doing it for a job. Mm. Um you know, my kids love watching YouTube kids. They love watching shorts and stuff like that, mm. but they're not quite at the age yet. Like, you know, apart from saying, oh, I want to run a YouTube channel and do toy reviews. Mm. They're not asking for Instagram. They're not asking for TikTok. Yeah. Um, and, you know, perhaps because it's always like one of those things where they just like see it every day mm. that they're like, or maybe they're just not quite at the age yet. I do know that they have friends that do have accounts and, and perhaps use it a bit more and stuff but yeah not not quite yet yeah um but definitely it is always on my mind it's always on the forefront of my mind and that's why I in what I do and them constantly seeing me online and how I manage it and how I handle both positive and negative feedback from mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. I try and think of that as okay how would I want my girls to handle this or how would I want them to see this or how would I want them to kind of process this information about, you know, what someone might be saying about them online or um, all of that stuff. And then also for me there is, you know, the ever-evolving question of my children having an online presence and, you know, around how much I share or what I share or, you know, um, asking permission and, yeah, it's it's – it's such a huge thing. I think we all think about regardless of whether we're sharing our kids professionally or just a photo of them. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that when the time comes, I mean, have you thought about perhaps how you'd want to set boundaries for the way in which they're using social media? Like, would you be mindful of who they were following? Or, I mean, I guess how the hell do you even police that really? But I don't know. I'm Mm. curious from yourself or maybe friends of yours who have older children, any ideas on boundaries? Yeah, look, absolutely. And again, that is something that, you know, I've had to start thinking Mm -hmm. about, you know, we already have certain times that we use screens. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we don't use screens, you know, alone in the bedroom and they, you know, they do use messenger kids, which 
I do think is a great form of communication at this age because you do get reports as a parent, you are aware of who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really good. But then, of course, once you get into, I guess, you know, other apps like Instagram and, and TikTok, mm-hmm. it's really hard because mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyone can follow. You don't even have to have an account. Like TikTok doesn't require someone to have an account, you know, to comment and it's just, it's a scary thing, but also the reality is, is that this is our life. This is the, this is the world. We cannot, I think they would be at a disadvantage, right, to try and block them and bar them from using these things. Yeah. It's about create, like making sure that they have healthy boundaries themselves, that they know what is appropriate, what isn't appropriate, um, that they have the confidence to come to us or other trusted adults if they weren't feeling comfortable or they were, you know, feeling any kind of like negative emotions because of, you know, their usage on social media. So for us, it's just, I guess, about trying to communicate that with them as best we can and help them, um, yeah, sort of establish good, healthy boundaries when it comes to social media. Because I know for us, like I'm a millennial, it kind of got thrust on us like in our teens, like at a very similar age Mm. and it just – moved along so quickly at such a rapid pace and like we didn't know we were like constantly learning and it was like this you know it at times I think it can be so overwhelming to feel like you know I'm connected to the entire world therefore I owe these people something or or whatever it might be Mm. um yeah and just kind of learning from our own experience with it (laughs) Right. It's so, it's going to be such a beast. I mean, I've got a um, nearly five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, no, three-year-old. Yeah. God, can't keep up. Um, <laughs> and, it, like, I can't, can only imagine. I mean, Instagram might not even be a thing when they're in their t- tween. We don't know what the know. next thing's going to be. Yeah, we don't know. So it's kind of just navigate what you can within, you know, what, what is around at the moment. I'm curious as well, and particularly I know that this is a big thing for girls, particularly, you know, mm-hmm. tween, the teenage years, the body image piece, right? Yeah. And you are such an advocate out there for, you know, like at least the way in which I perceive it is that you're like, you know, own your body, own, have that self-esteem, your confidence doesn't matter what you look like or da 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 da, you know. And I I think culturally, like just in general, society is very much changing. We're seeing so Mm. many more plus-size models and, um, you know, diverse models in general, um, which is fantastic. Have you sort of come across or thought about this whole body image piece and how perhaps the internet might play into that and how you can sort of support your kids through that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, for me, especially like Mm. post having children and, you know, going through so many body changes and and just like so so much, like I feel like, you know, I think of the person I was, you know, before I had kids, just after I had kids and and all through this journey, like there's so many different versions of myself. And I, you know, have been very open about the fact that I have had, you know, cosmetic surgery and, you know, any say like cosmetic procedures that I I have. Um, I have shown my body at all different stages of, you know, my journey. Um, We as a household, like we're very open and and fluid about all of that kind of stuff Um, and really try to sort of encourage them but then, of course, when it you know comes to social media, and we can't, ha- you know, we can't stop what they're seeing mm. or how that's delivered to them. And you know, some people Photoshop things, or some people might give you know unrealistic expectations, or all of these things. Right? We can't change that. Like we can, over time, as a society, try and 
encourage people to make change for the better. But these things are still going to be out there. There's still going to be these pockets of the internet, right, or, you know, things that are going to be put in front of our children. It's about, again, trying to instill in them an understanding of, you know, not everything. There is not this perfect ideal or there is not, um, you know, good and bad, fat and skinny, this and that, like eat this, don't eat that, you know, make sure they have a healthy relationship with food, make sure that they have a positive relationship with their own body, that they're happy with themselves no matter how they look or, you know, what what it might be. You know, I think it is important that kids, um, you know, tweens, teens understand that we have to look after our bodies mm. and the ways in which we can do that and we can support ourselves both mentally and physically, mm. um, but also having the ability to look at something and identify, okay, that's nice or that's pretty or that's, you know, what that person likes or what that, that's, you know, how they want to present themselves to the world, mm. but it is not a reflection of me. Mm. Are you having conversations at home yet about these sort of topics or is it still not quite that, yeah? Um, definitely from the perspective of, encouraging them to be active Mm. and having an understanding why it is good to move your body, Um, you know, having a healthy relationship with food, Um, you know, food is good, food is fuel, Um, you know, what, you know, what, uh, what perhaps, you know, we need more of and maybe a bit less of everything in moderation. Mm. Definitely those conversations and we've we've always had them. I think that they are fundamental. Um, And then more, I guess, not so much around body image. I haven't had any sort of real specific incidents of like uh, them expressing like a negative, you know, uh, ideas about themselves. But, you know, allowing them, um, you know, body autonomy. You know, my eldest was like, I want to cut a bob and a fringe. I'm like, okay, you do that. Like that is is your choice. Same with having conversations about, you know, okay, if you want to remove your body hair, you can, but you also don't have to, yeah. you know, um, just being supportive about these decisions that they're making for themselves about their own identity, how they present themselves to the world. You know, my daughter chooses to wear the boys' uniform, like the pants for school. Mm-hmm. That is her personal preference. She's the only one in her class that does, but that is what she wants to do. And so, you know, you, you do you and yeah. we fully support you in those decisions. So, yeah. um, but nothing too heavy yet mm. around body image, which I'm, I feel good about. Mm. And, you know, hopefully we are giving, giving them the right tools and sending the right messages. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You just never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can only sort of steer and communicate and shape as best we can and then send them off into the world and then just sort of, you know, hope that they've taken some of our nuggets of wisdom with them, right? Which, you know. I, you know, and we're all still learning too, oh, you know, totally. because we, yeah, things were different when we were younger and yeah. we want to do things differently and, you know, we have so much more knowledge now around these things yes um and yeah you know we just 
Gotta, as long as we're trying. <laughs> yeah, totally. As long as your head's in sort of the right place. Um, mm-hmm. Curious as well, as you sort of mentioned um, about your daughter wanting to wear, for example, the boys' pants, for example, right? Have you yeah. come across situations with the girls? And again, I'm sort of preempting because this is like, what am I in for? But, you know, with, I don't know, girls being nasty, girls being judgy, mm-hmm. other boys being judgy to your girls. Like, how do you, how, how have you sort of navigated that as a parent? Yeah. Look, this has been one thing for me that I have been terrified about, you know, Mm. terrified about school and friendship circles because I did not have the most positive experience um, in school, in primary school. I was actually quite similar. I hung out with the boys. I wasn't into wearing dresses. Um, And, you know, kids were were different back then, I think. And look, there's always going to be things no matter where you go. And One th- we thankfully with my eldest, she has a very fantastic supportive group of friends around her, and I am quite close with a lot of the parents, um, which I think is always you know beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, when situations have like arisen, our school is one really fantastic in dealing with them, um, and two, you know, you're always going to come up like come across people in life, whether it be like other kids or even a teacher that you don't necessarily like or get along with or they might not be your person, but we really try and sort of um, give, like sort of tell the girls that like this is going to happen in everyday life. You are going to come across people that you don't necessarily like or that you um, perhaps feel is not your person or they're not being kind or they're, and, you know, we try and encourage them in those situations that if they can't sort of come to some kind of resolution or can't sort of, um, I guess, resolve the situation or they are feeling negative emotions, perhaps, you know, go play with someone else or it is totally fine to spend time by yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really important one that we yeah. really try to foster with the kids mm-hmm. is that if you at any time feel like you're not enjoying the situation or you're not enjoying the company of someone, it could even just be identifying that I've actually just drained my social battery Mm. Um, that you can remove yourself from that situation and time alone is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I tell my, it's interesting you say that because I um, had my first kind of minor situation with my four and a half year old. And um, the one thing I've, you know, he was trying to, I guess, get in with this little clique at school and they were kind of like not buying it. And then he was like, okay. And then the teacher sort of made me aware of it and all the other parents. So similarly, they moved really quickly to kind of alleviate any conflict in that situation. But I remember just saying to him, like, you know, Noah, if you don't, if you don't feel like, you know, people are being nice to you or you're not being nice to them or something just go and have you go go have a little play by yourself like that's good too yeah. like you don't need to be around you know and so it's funny that you mentioned that because even the four-year-old I'm like you know and we've you know it's good to have that as an option and pre- present that yeah. to them it doesn't mean it's a bad thing right it's actually a great thing to have a little bit of space and recalibrate I think so. And I think that's super important, especially mm. moving forward. Yeah. When we get into conversations around, you know, mental health and, and that kind of stuff. But the other thing for us too, and I've always, you know, my kids do quite a few extracurricular activities and we obviously travel a lot. Mm. And I think it's just really good for kids to know and understand that the world is bigger than just like the click that they have at school or that, you know, the people that are in their class. And because, I don't want them to ever feel like that is the be all and end all and that these issues and problems that we're having, like 
yes, they're, they're totally valid um, and our feelings are valid, but also, you know, we have so much more outside of this. Mm. And, you know, they have friends at their extracurricular activities and, you know, we, we go out, we travel the world, we see the world, we see how other people do things and they know that, um, yeah, perhaps it gives them a bit better perspective. Yeah. Um, when they are dealing with these these situations. Mm. And also um, a big one for us is, let you know, the kids understanding that everybody is different and, you know, no two people are the same. And sometimes that means that, you know, they might not be, you know, just might not be your person or just because you're friends with one or two people in a group doesn't mean you have to consider the entire group mm. like your close friends, like, mm. you know, they, they are your acquaintances or they're the people that, you know, um, you sometimes hang around and, you know, whose opinions matter and, um, you know, how we can better understand people, how we can show people kindness when they're not necessarily showing us kindness and mm-hmm. all different things. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I'm very, very fortunate that we do have a very proactive school mm-hmm. when it comes to that type of stuff. So nothing too major yet and I, I touch wood and fingers crossed yeah. and I know we haven't even hit high school yet so <laughs> yeah god bless <laughs> no. pray for me right well it's a good situation at least to date you know you can kind of lean on like the experience that you've had I'm curious as well I mean talking about judgy judgy like do you how do you deal with the judgment online I mean you've got <laughs> such a big community right I feel like the more <laughs> like the bigger your community the more tro- the trolls will find you so <laughs> Do we yeah. blocking and deleting or what are we doing? You know, I used to be a block and deleter. Yeah. I used to sort of just be like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. But you know what? Mm. People always find a way. Like okay. if people really want to get to you, they will. And I'm just yeah. sort of like, okay, um, look, <laughs> depending on the day that you get me, what point I'm in my cycle, what i got else going on in my life, like sometimes someone will say the most horrible, heinous thing and I'm just like, okay. Other times, like completely gutted. It could just be something mm. tiny or I've misinterpreted or yeah. I'm just like not having a good day myself or I've got other things going on. Mm. Um, it's, look, it's hard. Um, I've done this nearly eight years, like as a full-time job. Mm. I have come up against, um, you know, just your average troll comment, of, you know, um, people you know, they're never going to always like you. They're never always going to agree with you. That's totally fine. I'm not for everybody. Um, I don't necessarily agree or understand people that hate follow. Mm -hmm. So like the people that are sort of like probably watching your stuff the most and the hardest Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, making sure that they find ways and means, whether it be on anonymous forums or whether it be, you know, going on an article of mine that got republished or going on pod, you know, um, group pages and all this kind of Mm, stuff mm. i'd like to say like oh you get used to it and you grow a thick skin Mm. i don't actually think that you do um my most efficient way of dealing with it is like just not seeking it out yeah avoiding the places where i could potentially find it setting up boundaries there's a lot of great tools on instagram now for like keyword blocking or you know um i guess kind of like maybe trying to like filter people out yeah um but then also understanding that like not everything like not every negative comment or whatever is actually hate or trolling like yeah with the internet and just like writing a comment Mm. 
so much can be lost. Right. And I think, you know, that's the, that's one of the things that just kind of comes with a bigger audience. You know, that you're going to have uh, differing opinions. And to your yeah. point, I remember I actually spoke to a friend um, who has a, a bit of a community as well. And she, he was sort of saying, if it's not like a death threat and it's not like um, homophobic because he's he's a gay man um then yeah. i'll often just keep it up because i'm and i'll kind of disregard it but just whatever it can stay up there you know so he's got his boundaries set and i feel like probably similar to yourself you're like you kind of got your boundaries maybe yeah. you pay attention maybe you won't but you kind of just like yeah i mean I, I think yeah it's just interesting and i always like to ask the question because i'm like how are people yeah dealing with that because it's <laughs> It's, it's a crazy world out there. Liv, I absolutely loved chatting with you. Thank you so much for your insights. I think this is such an interesting time, like particularly with the yeah. tweens and all of that. And I look forward to perhaps in the future, maybe you can give us an update on the teenage years. With the, sure, that if, I've, if I've survived them. <laughs> can you tell our audience a little bit about how they can find out more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, I am just Olivia White. Uh, on Instagram, Olivia Laura White on TikTok. Um, I also have my blog, which is houseofwhite.com.au. But yeah, mostly just hanging out on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, amazing. I'll pop those details in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Liv. That's okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating or review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wawandri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging.